Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Would you like to talk about safety breaks? Is there a is there a joke in this opening that today? No, safety is no joke. Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And for today's episode, uh, we have a topic that came to us on Slack from Jim uh, that goes like this. Um, Jim said, I'd also love to hear your take on what you do when you get a safety breakdown, despite everyone acting in good faith and trying to work together. There was a similar discussion on the Slack about a recent situation like that, and it'd be instructive to hear your take on it and maybe a comfort to others who worry that they're alone in that situation. Absolutely. So just first off, yeah, to to just set the stage a little bit here, um, we, we, as in Phil and I, um, have had a pretty major safety break um, on mics, even. Um, it is part of She's a Super Geek. You can go back and listen to the episodes. Uh, it is, uh, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Royal, Blood. Royal Blood. Royal Blood. Thank you. Yes, by Grant Howitt, fantastic game. Do not take the safety break as the game's fault in any way, shape, or form. But um, in those episodes, we actually have a recording of a safety break happening at the table. Um, We're going to use that experience to kind of speak to this particular topic, um, Mm -hmm. partially because I think in a lot of ways, most people didn't hear it happen. We knew it happened at the table, but I think a a lot of people came back to me later um, and said, I didn't hear where that happened, or I sort of heard it or whatever it was. Um, And also at the end of those episodes, and they're, they're kind of old, but we had an actual interview conversation, just you and I, um, about what had actually happened, what we did about it and what we learned about it, um, yeah. which is interesting from the perspective that I think both of us have um, learned even more about safety since that happened. Oh, um, a lot we, more. <laughs> yeah, we've spent a lot of time investing and engaging in that conversation for our own purposes and our own groups, obviously. Um, but it is really interesting that that interview is there from the perspective of um, we had that conversation very shortly after that happened, like a week or two. Um, and so that's that's very, uh, it's a timely discussion of what actually happened on the show. So just laying all that out there, that is probably going to be kind of our major example. Although um, I have also had an experience of safety breaking um, at a game that I wasn't running. I was the player for whom it broke. Um, mm-hmm. And, it, you know, so we have some experience with this. Is We're just going to talk through it, right? Sure. Yeah, in the yeah. time, like that happened back in 2016. That was QCC 2016. Yeah. Yeah, it was a while, like a while ago. <laughs> sure. And in the time between that, we wrote and developed Turning Point, which actually has yeah. a much more robust uh, safety set, like ru- safety rules baked into the game from a lot of stuff that we learned from our own break and just yeah. from kind of studying RPG, tabletop RPG and LARP safety practices. So we are by no means experts, but I would also say we are not rookies at this either. Yeah. 
Uh, we're we're no slouches. Um, we're, so we're no slouches, but you know we are ab- absolutely we are no experts in this. We do not yes. devote a ton of time, but we have put some focus on this. Uh, yeah. And we also run a ton of games, so like these things happen. So let's let me define really quickly safety break. Right? Yes, please. A safety break is a moment in a game where something happens that. I hate using the word. I'm going to use it because it has such a negative connotation, but I think it it actually fits very well. It triggers somebody else at the table. Now, yeah. it could well, be a... F- I, I just want to say really quickly, when you say trigger in this context, we are using the word trigger as its intended original definition, not the way that the internet has potentially skewed it um, by people using it, it is particularly people of... Uh, Certain Whatever. political persuasions have, you know, adjusted the, the meaning of that word. But the original um, definition of the word triggered, which does have to do with um, raised anxiety, brain triggers, all sorts of stuff, right? Correct. So something happens in the game that triggers a, a phobia, a trauma, some sort of uh, negative emotions, right? The end result is that whatever just happened in the game, whether it was said or an action or whatever, has caused one or more people at the table to experience negative feelings, negative non-productive feelings, not like, oh, we were defeated by the bad guy and I feel down. More like, I can't believe that person said that thing. Why am I gaming with this person? Right? Like Um, along those lines. Yeah. To speak to my personal um, experience of having safety break as a player, um, I uh, actually had to leave the table because basically I got to a place where I was like, I am a terrible person. I can't do anything to fix this situation. This was a a game of um, one child's heart. And um, it was a, a, a beta playtest. Um, so please don't take this experience as a, a, a condemnation of the game or anything like that. This was a, a playtest experience um, that some stuff about the game actually changed, I believe, based on my experience with this. Um, but the feeling of being utterly helpless um, as an actual real life parent in the face of a child experiencing this level of trauma, um, I, I basically couldn't do it. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. Okay. So that's a safety break. Again, it, it it's a it's when something in the game generates a personal negative feeling. And we're not yeah. talking about bleed. We're talking about something more serious, right? It, it, yes. Okay. Now we know that there are safety tools in games to help um, mitigate this 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 issue, right? So uh, when we talk, I'm going to talk about this in project management terms for a second. In project management, when we talk about risks, we talk about two things. We talk about mitigation. What can we do to make the chance that this happens lower? And then we talk about contingency. What will we do when this occurs? Right. So yeah. those are two. Those are two things. Safety tools fall into the mitigation category, which is the safety tools are designed to reduce the chance that a break can occur during the game. And if we run through just a couple of the safety tools or just general categories, you have boundary safety tools like lines and veils, which create boundaries of content we won't engage in, therefore preventing things from happening. 
in the game. I, mm-hmm. ever since I was a kid, have this thing about dentists and dental horror. So like when I was in, when we were doing the session zero for Chris's um, public access game, that was actually on the list of potential um, things that you could line or veil. And I actually lined that out. I don't like horror that involves pulling out teeth and stuff. See the movie Marathon Man for the reason why. Okay. Um, I'm never going to watch folks, that. <laughs> you older folks will know what I'm talking about. You younger folks can just steer clear no, if I'm that's good. a thing just you are. Not, not ever going to engage. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so those are boundary tools. Then we have consent revoking tools. That is like the X card, right? That says, uh, I don't want this to happen. Like make this, remove this from the game. Right. Sometimes known as content and editing, uh, but I will consider them consent revoking tools because you are revoking consent from this from this occurring in the game. Yeah. Now, we we borrowed a tool from the LARP community called the OK check in. It also has a consent revoking component. It also has a consent affirming component. Yes. Which allows you to say, no, no, it's fine. Please proceed or this is good, but don't escalate. We have yes. two different pieces for that. But those those fall into the assent, the consent affirming kind of tools. Script change is a content editing tool, which also has consent revoking properties to it. So you can back up, you can edit, you can remove things from game. And then there are other ones, the safety flower, which is, I believe, part consent revoking, part consent affirming. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's some other ones I'm missing. The O card They're, is sometimes used as a consent affirming tool, all of those things. There is a reason why we encourage, strongly encourage, and which why we at our own games always have at least bare minimum, for me, bare minimum lines and veils and um, a consent revoking tool off in the X card. Ooh, pause myself for a second. There is another yeah, sure. class of tools, the de-escalation tools, the open yeah, door policy, sure. mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. allows you to escape a game or escape the current situation to either calm down or to remove yourself from whatever's happening. Yeah. Okay, yep. cool. Which is important right. stuff, right? Yeah. So that is all in mitigation. And what I said before was mitigation reduces the probability. Yes. But it does not eliminate the probability. So safety breaks absolutely can still happen. Like, This is just a thing. Like, no matter how much mitigation you place into your game, there is still a chance, depending on what you're playing, who you're playing with, how you're playing, that a break can occur. And this goes to a couple things. One, we humans are complex and messy, uh, which means that we have many things that could potentially trigger us and often not all of them get into lines and veils. Sometimes we just put the ones that come to mind based on the game that we're playing and we don't think about certain other ones. And then something happens because besides us being complex and messy, role-playing games are vast and complex. Yes. Yes. Meaning that players can do almost anything in the game. And because of those two things, the intersection of somebody doing something that is not covered in your lines and veils and is potentially triggering to one of the 
five people, four people, whatever at your table, the probability exists. And again, your consent revoking will kind of jump in as a safety, like a breaker, if yep. you remember to if use you, it. Right. And if you're, <laughs> if you feel, if you can tell that that's where you're going, right? Absolutely. Um, is the other part of that. So th the example for this being something like, you know, you are playing public access is a horror game, right? Yes. So the list of potential things that was just laid out to help you create lines and veils included dental horror because that is yes. a strong potential for that game. But it's probably not a line or a veil that you would say to me if I said, um, let's play fifth edition D&D, &D, right? Yeah. You might not think of that. And then if some somehow something came up, then it would be a surprise to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and safety breaks, you know, safety breaks occur in different levels too, depending on the response, right? There are the, ew, like, oh, ooh, don't, please don't. Like, that's gross. Please not. Let's, let's back yeah. out. Let's not go Correct. there. Yeah. And, and then there's all the way to like severe reactions, like, and it will yeah. depend. And there's, this will depend on multi, mul a multiplicity of factors that involve the person where where this um, either trauma or phobia comes from, what was said, how it was presented, right? Like there's no, it's too complex to predict. So yeah. we could be playing fifth edition and you could narrate something that's like, oh, the demon like reaches in and pulls out somebody's tooth. And I might be like, ugh, please, like, can we just edit please that? No. Like, yeah. please no, can we just X card? Can we just go back and remove that? And everything might be fine. Yep. Or it could have something to do with a more deep-seated trauma of something like, for me, betrayal um, mm -hmm. or abandonment, things like that. And then it may not be just a simple, oh, oh, X card that, let's go back and let's fix it. It might, there might be feelings involved. There might be things that start to come up. Yeah. We're going to get to and, that in just a second. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you for stopping me. Yep, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about Jim had said in good faith? So we're going to not talk about asshole behavior, right? Yeah. So if somebody yeah. is maliciously doing something to the group, that yes. is like a different thing. Like a lot of the things we will say here will be true, but the end conclusion will be don't fucking play with that person anymore. That's, yeah, very much. I mean, right. In, when in acting in bad faith, the correct fix is to like yeet them, as the kids say, out, <laughs> out of your gaming sphere. So returning yeah. to that, let's assume good faith. And what do we mean by good faith when we're talking about safety breaks and the players at the table? Yeah, the the most important thing, I think, is that this was not intentional, right? This was mm -hmm. an accident. It was an oversight. We didn't know that this was going to be a problem. Um, it was a mistake, whatever, right? So this wasn't this. This is where we get to the asshole part. This wasn't somebody being like, I know you hate spiders, Bob. So I very specifically put in this spider because I know it will get a reaction out of you, right? That's, that's not it. That's not good faith. Don't do mm -hmm. that. <laughs> that's, that's just, that ain't it, kid. Um, so the key thing with good faith is we're all hopefully friends at this table. Um, even if we're not, um, 
I'm hopefully playing with a table of people from whom I can assume, even if they are strangers, some kind of positive intent, right? Like they're not out to get me. They aren't intentionally putting things into games that are specifically to hurt me for some reason, right? Um, It's being empathetic, right? Understanding that other people will have different reactions to things than you do. And that sort of general acknowledgement or um, table culture of we're all actually here to have fun and to help everyone else have fun. And we care about everyone at the table and respect them as humans and people, no matter what background they're coming from or where things, you know, what experiences they have in their lives, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of the good faith part. So we just, we want to make sure that we are aware and functionally just having that positive um, trust in the folks at the table, even if, even if it's tenuous, right? Like at a convention, it can be a little bit more tenuous um, because you're like, cool, I just met you like two minutes ago, um, but you seem like a cool person. So I'm willing to go you know, this many steps in with you table versus, you know, the group that I play with all the time. I'm like, okay, all the way in head first, like let's break some hearts. Um, and that's great. Um, what was the other, there was one more thing I was going to say about that. Um, and it is, I know I've told this story before. Um, so for example, if you're maybe playing with your game group in which your ex is also playing, um, and he's now dating the person that was your best friend who is also playing the game, that is maybe not a situation in which it is easy to assume positive intent. And maybe college senda, um, maybe, maybe that's not a really safe place to play, right? So I think there's definitely a piece of this which involves the social aspects and relationships and dynamic at the game table itself on a personal level, not at a game level. So please be aware of those things um, and the impact of that kind of stuff on you and the table itself. um, And then make whatever decision is safe for you to play in. (laughs) There we go. I wanted to just add in that comment about one particular situation that might not be a a situation in which it is easy to assume positive intent, you know, but there's more obviously. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about more severe safety breaks. So not the, whoa, whoa, please back that out of the content. Okay, cool. We can return. Yeah. Don't use that name. It's, you know, my ex's name or whatever. That's the kind of stuff where we can just like, whoop, rewind, give that thing a different name, move on. So I want to talk about two, I want to talk about two things that can happen during those more intense safety breaks. Uh, The first one is called amygdala hijacking, right? Mm -hmm. And this is a phenomenon known as the fight, the fight or flight response. Uh, What tends to happen is that uh, if you are a person who suffers from anxiety or certain types of trauma, when a triggering event occurs, your brain goes into fight mode or fight or flight mode, right? Fight or run. And in doing so, shuts down things like logic and like the areas of your brain that will help you negotiate through a problem because what it wants to do is either swing at something or start running. Uh, But you, by social conventions, have remained seated 
at the table Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you are now your body is your body and brain are in conflict with the what what's happening at the table. Right. And this is part of the reason why open door works, because if you are suffering an amygdala hijacking and you need to kind of, quote, run, it is a good time to get up from the table and get away. And the reason I bring this up is because in a moment we're going to talk about what to do when a break occurs. And if you are in this hijacked state, most of the things that we have listed aren't going to work completely like you won't you can't get to the end of our list if you are in a hijack state you can start the list in a hijack state it'll be clear where you should pause until you're not yeah um the the other way to describe amygdala hijacking um is uh your body reacting it we're we're wired um to react as if we are being hunted right And so that's your brain acting like the tiger is in the tree behind you. Um, What do you do? Um, But there is also one more um, recent thing that I've been seeing about fight or flight, which is really interesting because I think it applies to me. There is fight, flight, or fawn. Um, And the fawn reaction is a a, just a different reaction to danger, um, especially to social danger. Um, and, And it's just as awful to experience. Um, So, you know, if that is the reaction that you have, just know that is still an amygdala hijacking. When your reaction to um, something like that, an intense social trigger like that, is to immediately apologize, um, to try to make everyone else around you, like, feel better or whatever that is, to, to basically fawn on the people around you because you don't want to be seen as a problem or an inconvenience or any of those things because you're afraid they might not like you anymore. That is a fawn response. Mm-hmm. And that is also an amygdala hijacking um, result, right? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> would, you, would, you, would you care to talk about nonverbal, going nonverbal? Yeah, gosh, going nonverbal is fun too. Um, and it's it's, I've recently learned something about nonverbal, which is part of the reason that it's in this, uh, in this conversation, right? So um, going nonverbal is something that we classically think of as being like people just stop talking, right? Or can't speak for whatever reason. Um, the interesting thing about it is that I think in many ways, we, um, we think of it as like a, a physical, like I can't speak reaction. Um, and it's actually interesting because I think both you and I have experienced it in safety break situations where it's actually more of a mental can't speak or don't want to. Um, and it, and it can, uh, display itself as very short responses, like single consonant or single word responses. Um, it can be just shutting down and not interacting with the table anymore. Um, it can be, um, just, you know, crying, right? Like not being able to get the words out around just crying. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, and it tends to be a response to strong emotional stimulus. Yeah. Strong negative emotional stimulus. I think I feel like I should say. I I tend to have nonverbal responses when I'm upset. I will, I will get real quiet. I will become like like one word answers, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing, largely because I'm somewhere between I don't want to blow up, but I also don't know what to say if I did. 
Like I am trying to formulate something to say, but like the words aren't coming to me largely because I'm in this hijacked state and yep. I don't want to just explode because I come from a family where um, I had a parent who did explode all the time and it makes me very predisposed to not doing it. All yeah. Right. To be clear, if you go back and listen to the Royal Blood episodes, that is what you will hear happen is that Phil stops talking. The game keeps going, mm-hmm. but Phil isn't really in it anymore. Um, for a pretty large chunk of the last, the second episode. Um, and so that's like, you you can literally hear that happen. Um, yeah. Yep, exactly. Okay, so all of that said, what we've talked about so far is we've talked about kind of what happens during a break. We've talked about the feelings and things that can potentially happen, amygdala hijacking, going nonverbal, other types of anxieties, things like that, that can occur. Going back to the risk model, we started off by talking about safety tools being a mitigation. We're now going to switch to contingency. And I think that this is a place that most gaming groups, my own included, are worse at. We put all of our stock in mitigation and put less into contingency, right? With the idea that, oh, we have an X card on the table, we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Kind of true. You are more fine than not having an X card on your table. But yeah. if you don't have an idea or plan what to do when a safety break occurs, then you are, uh, you run the risk of taking something that, like you run the risk of of things going wrong, like, and in some cases, very wrong uh, in your game. So I want you, as there are going to be a couple of takeaways from today's episode. This is one of them. Your group And I will say this, it's on a sliding scale. At the very least, you as a GM in your head should have a contingency plan for what to do when safety breaks. Yes. Better would be if your group has a contingency plan for what to do when safety breaks. Yeah. And calibrate that to what kind of games are you playing? If you are playing something that has low risk of causing a safety break, you probably don't need to be, you probably don't need much more than something written on an index card that says when safety breaks, one, two, three, four, five, we will list out for you our plan for what to do. And you could just throw it in your GM kit and, you know, break in case of emergency. If you are playing something (laughs) more serious, something with a lot more feels on the table, having a plan that you come up with in session zero and reinforcing it from every so many sessions is a way to make sure that you have a contingency for what to do. Right. There is a difference between playing fifth edition D&D and playing one child's heart or turning point. Right. (laughs) Yes. Like those like those are two different styles of games. And as I am thinking about it, since we've never finished the manuscript for turning point, I very much now want to make sure that our safety chapter has contingency because we did a good job with risk. Let's talk about yeah. contingency more. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. for the rest Good. of this episode, that is what we are going to do is we are going to now talk about contingency. 
a safety break has occurred. You had tools. That was great. It still occurred. What do you do? This is our plan. This is not the definitive plan. Uh, as always, adapt it to your own. Take what you like from, from us. But we are going to tell you how we would deal if a break occurred today. Yeah. Okay. If, if, if we re-experienced the break that had happened, like we could just sure. readdress that, right? Like this would do it, right? Cool. Sure. Or any and future th- break. Or any future break. Um, I think the 100% most important thing that, that uh, from that experience and other experiences um, to do is acknowledge the break, right? Understand that it happened, like catch it happening. And this, I'm going to say a little bit more about it. Um, uh, the key being that doesn't necessarily mean the person who is experiencing the break, right? Yes. As a table, you yes. are responsible um, for looking out for each other. Now, have, have, just to be 100% clear, no one knows what's going on in your head for reals except for you, right? The end person who has to be responsible for really enforcing your boundaries and your safety is you. But we are all working together collaboratively. and. That means that when someone is showing signs of distress that you can pick up on, then it is your responsibility when you catch those signs to call that and stop the game, right? Stop playing, acknowledge the break occurred. And the other thing that I will say about this is if you are ever not sure, it is so much better to err on the side of caution in this and just take a break and say, hey, are you doing okay? Do we need to take a break? Is there something that we need to rewind, right? It is so much better to just pause and check than to keep pushing. Yeah, and absolutely, like just this is, and we've talked about this in past episodes, it is difficult to read the table, but also try to read the table, right? Like try to pay attention, like look at every player. If you're, you know, if you're GM, look at your players that, you know, from time to time, if you're a player, look at your fellow players and your GM, because your GM can also be, your GM can also have a safety break. Um, mm-hmm. They're not always the cause for the safety break. They could, they could have it. But as much as possible, awareness that a break occurred. And, and besides just reading people, consider what has just happened in the scene. Right. Has something non-consensual happened? Has something horrific happened? Has something violent happened? Is it involving um, things that typically come up in I know in my group that are uh, that are lined out children, animals, uh, innocent civilians, those kinds of things. Pay attention to kind of like what's been going on. Um, It's somebody's probably not triggered by trying to open a door. But Mm -hmm. if like a hostage just got murdered, like that might be more triggering, right? Like, so pay attention to the context of what's happening in the game. Now, (laughs) Send and I are going, we're both going to say this in our own sentences. Once you have detected even the possibility of a break, right? It can just be the possibility of a break. This next step is the most important thing you can do. I cannot, and I'm not being funny here, I cannot stress enough that this next step is absolutely 
the most important thing you can do in a safety break. And I will tell you that if you didn't do anything else after this one step, you would still be doing a good thing. And that is simply stop playing the game. Don't play through. Don't try to get to the end of a scene, end of a combat, whatever. If you suspect a break or if a break has occurred, stop the game. And in our terms of layers, drop back into the personal layer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to also say yeah. the same words? <laughs> yeah, because and, and this is just connects right up to everything, because the thing is, even if I suspect or I'm concerned that maybe there's a safety break or heck, frequently, if I am running a game and I've just described something really intensely, or if we are playing Turning Point and I've just done something in character that is very intense, the next thing that I will do before I even wait to see if I can pick up any table signals is check in, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's part of the reason that we like the check-in tool that we use for Turning Point because you can non-verbally check in. You don't have to break the scene to do it, which is a whole different safety tool discussion I think we've had before about some of the challenges of sometimes engaging the safety tools. Um, we'll have to go back and see if we can find that episode because that's kind of a different topic. But um, basically, even if it's just a maybe, even then, stopping play long enough to confirm that it's not an issue is still the best thing you can do, right? Um, yeah. And this is, no. this is just comes back to, I'm just going to say it, we value the humans that we play with and we respect the humans that we play with and the people more than the game. The game is lovely and I hope you're really enjoying it. I know I usually am, but the people are always more important than the game. Yeah. And the reason you want to stop playing is, one, a person who has been triggered. Um, one, there's a couple of reasons. One, the person who's been triggered, if you stop right now and fix it, it may be fine. Like, yeah. you may be able to just a quick content edit, remove, you know, remove the content, take a, like, take a deep breath and resume gaming and everything goes, you know, and everything goes back, uh, yeah, it, you know, back into play. Could, could be a easy be fix. Could be a right. pause instead of a full stop. Yeah. Conversely, if you keep playing, mm-hmm. it could get much worse, especially yes. if you are not aware of what has happened and whatever that action or triggering event was, somebody doubles down on it. Yes. Right. Like yeah. you could just be you could just be making this much, much worse. Yes. Uh, so avoid the. We're in the scene, we're immersed, whatever, just don't stop playing. So be aware and acknowledge the break. Number two, stop playing. Yes. Just boom, stop Stop, playing. Stop playing and resolve. Yes. Okay. So now now the resolution is going to, is going to change depending on, you know, what happened and how intense it is. Right. So now, now we're going to talk through our steps for continuing the resolution. Exactly. All right. So the next step is to let everyone de-escalate. Now, this is not an active, like, try to make everyone de-escalate. Just based on how intense the break was, you need things to cool off. We need people to go from being amygdala hijacked 
back to their normal non-fight fight or flight response. We need the nonverbal uh, reaction to loosen up and become verbal again. Mm-hmm. Now, this can just be done by taking a break. This can be done by open door, somebody getting up, walking away. Um, it could occur within a few minutes of what just happened. Mm-hmm. Or it could occur like the next day, like the game's over. Yeah. Like you don't force it like, oh, let's take five minutes and let's talk about what happened. Right. Let's take a break. And in a few minutes, we can say like, hey, is everybody ready to kind of talk about what happened? No. Yeah. Cool. No. Right? No like, worries. Yeah. Like maybe we just chill. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe we're done for the day, whatever. Mm-hmm. While that's happening, what's the other thing that should be occurring like as like as part of that de-escalation? Yeah, as part of as part of de-escalation or following de-escalation, providing support, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially if someone just had a very intense negative emotional experience that was, you know, harmful, then um, you are now in a state as their friends to just kind of make sure they're okay to offer them whatever emotional support they need. And sometimes that's going to come in the form of reassurance that everything is okay or that they are a good person or that you still like them, whatever it is, because you don't, you know, depending on what the trigger was or that they're safe, right? It might be a safety thing. Um, And I think the really key thing here is no matter if you understand why that thing is is a trauma response, causing thing for them or not you don't have to understand why to believe someone that for them it is and Mm -hmm. to be able to support them as a human who needs your support in that moment right um and that's that's okay um the person who is having the reaction should absolutely not have to justify or defend that reaction in any sense whatsoever it is very acceptable to say Um, you know, are you able to tell me a little bit about what caused this so that I understand, um, you know, how to support you and maybe they can answer that and maybe they can't. Right. But, um, but there's no, there's no, well, why is that a problem for you? None of that. Yeah. I'm going to go with a line from, uh, the great Ted Lasso, um, which I think is actually attributed to Walt Whitman, which is be curious, not judgmental. Yeah. Again, no one owes you an explanation. But what I mean by that is if somebody like let's let's just use the hostage situation. Like, let's just say we blew a hostage away in some, you know, modern game and sure. somebody had a reaction to it. Don't go after the person and be like, I don't understand why you're you know what what the problem is. It's just an NPC. Who cares? Right. The empathetic thing is to be like, oh, I see that this is upsetting you. If you want to talk about it, like we absolutely can. And if you don't want to talk about it, I already understand that you're upset and that's all that matters. That's all that actually matters. Yeah. Right. That's all that matters. The last thing you want to do, and let me be clear, is if the person who is triggered is now defending themselves, you are not de-escalating anything. No. Right? You are now you escalating. You are escalating. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You are doing the exact opposite. If you have put the person who has been harmed on the defensive, you are escalating and making this worse. Yeah. Right. So we no, are. The question that you can ask if is if you are unclear, if it is not obvious, 
what caused the safety break? That is the question you can ask, right? That's what you can follow up on gently Mm -hmm. um, because that may help you support the person. And that's what you're going for is going for information that will help you support and de-escalate. You are not judging what caused the break. Exactly. And that is like the only time that you want to probe for question for when you want to probe a little is which thing do we need to deal with? Which thing do we need to remove, fix, avoid in the game? Because a couple things could have happened and it might not be clear which one it was. Yes. Like it might be that it might be, for instance, that it's not that a hostage got killed, but that hostage was like the mom was like a little kid. Yeah. See, you said that and that was immediately a problem for me. And I wasn't having a reaction to that conversation other than like, oof, this game sounds intense and I don't know if I'd be in. But you just said that and I'm like, I would have I would have a problem now. Exactly. And so in that (laughs) case, it's like in that case, we killed a hostage. That's not exactly the problem because there may be other places where I kill a mother in mm-hmm. in the course of this game that could also create this kind of break. So when possible, if you can ask like a kind of probing question or ask the person who's been triggered to be specific and that person could be like, you know, I, you know, it's when you killed the hostage and be like, oh, so, you know, is that all hostages? And then they could be like, mm, I don't think so. I think it was just, you know, because this person was a mom of a small kid that really got to me and be like, oh, okay, now like we've, yeah, we've this has never happened. Okay. Yeah. To be clear, one of my personal lines on every game ever is parental death, like just across the board. So (laughs) absolutely. Okay. So provide support was that was the step. And again, you're in the process of de-escalating. So no justification, no defending. Otherwise you are not de-escalating and you You are are also not. not providing support. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. All right. If So hopefully after those two steps, whether it's at the table or whether it's days later, you have reached a point to decide what to do about the game. So then this is the next step. What to do with the game. Now, the ultimate is we have to stop playing this game. Yeet it. Like, you know, cancel this game. Like end it. Yep. Yeah. We've, okay. we've just run across something that is internal and non-negotiable about the game itself that is a problem and so now we cannot reconcile those two things or the emotional reaction now associated with this game is too strong we cannot reconcile it cool game is done either either we're ending the game that person's not going to play the game anymore something along those lines whatever it is yeah whatever it is that person will not be participating in the game going forward that is a discussion Mm -hmm. that's fine and if that's what it is that's what it is Let's also talk about some more nuanced possible solutions. Yeah. So let's say that it's not that. Let's say that the solution is less than ceasing the game or ceasing to play with this group. And more of this piece was a problem. Can we get, can we get rid of it or around it? Or, you know, so then we're talking about edits. Yep. So. We have a couple tools here. We can just go back and pretend we can go back and just make that not happen. Yep. Right. Just rewind. So we can just, yep. Script we can just rewind and yep. be like, nope, they don't kill the hostage. That's not or what happened. After, yep. Or if it was a parental thing, um, we can edit 
and be like, oh, the hostage they killed that was just like a uh, small single dude. Yep. <laughs> and, some, and, and if that's okay, that's okay. I'm not making any judgments at this point. I, you know, I'm not a fan of killing hostages in general, but get my point. We can make yeah. an edit, right? We can make a content edit or we can just take it out. We can just cut, toss that thing out uh, or we can skip over. And sometimes that's more of a veil thing, not so much yeah. a line thing where it's like, oh, sure. If we could just not talk about this in any more detail, this sometimes falls into um, the interrogation torture thing. Yeah. Like if we can just if we can just not do that in detail and just whoop, jump to the end point where somebody walks out of the room and goes, here's where the bomb is. Like, yeah, then we can then resume play. Cool. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and that is the like, okay, um, we can't talk about this anymore. I, I can be okay with the fact that this happened as long as we stop being in this scene. Mm -hmm. Um, and we never do it again. Right. Like, <laughs> yes. well, we'll yeah. get to the next, we'll get that. I know. The next I know. Yeah. I know. So yes. but that is, so, I feel like that's a thing that has to be said for skipping to the end of the scene. Yeah. And so the range of this, just to be clear, is everything from stopping the game in its entirety and not playing with these people ever again to, no, it's fine. Leave it in. I just don't ever want to see it come up in the game again. Yeah. Like that's that is. And there is no answer. We cannot provide you one answer for how to address it in that range. That's a group discussion. Yep. Where the person who has been harmed has the largest stake in the solution. Yes. They do not Just get to be to clear. Get, yeah. They do not get to be vetoed or um, outvoted in this situation. Whatever solution you come to must work for the person who has been harmed and exactly. for the rest of the table. Right. But like, but it, it cannot work for everybody else and not them. Right. Cannot. If the table's like, oh, let's just keep playing and we'll never do it again. And the person who was harmed was like, no, edit it out. The answer is edit it, edit out. it out. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Just this is one of the cases where not all players are equal. Yeah. The harmed player has a greater stake in mm -hmm. this than everyone else. Yes. Okay. Yep. Cool. Good. Now. Let's just assume that you're able to proceed to the next step, that you are going to keep playing this game and that you have figured out your solution in the story to address this. There is one more. There's another step you need to take. Yes, which is what I was starting to get into because it blends into um, deciding what to do in the game. And that is adjusting or recalibrating the safety tools that you're using. And that might be as easy as, hey, we need to update our lines and fails. Um, and saying, you know, not only does this thing that obviously just came up, so we're now we're adding parental death to the lines, right? Um, mm -hmm. But that may also um, make people think of other things that are similar or related that should also be on the list, right? So take some time and recalibrate. But it also might be um, a thought process through of like, did the safety tools that we work on the table, like if we just had the X card on the table, do we still feel comfortable with that as our consent revoking tool? Or, you know, is there a different tool that we feel like might um, have assisted us better in this process? It's worth having that conversation and just adjusting, right? So this is your chance to basically make sure that, um, this particular thing obviously never happens again because now you're aware of it. But it's also just having the conversation to use the experience you've just had to try to improve your mitigation 
because you now have an experience and you can make your mitigation better. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's pretty um, much it. Yeah, that's our that's that's the plan right there. That's and then if all of that goes well, you can resume play. Yeah. Then you start playing yeah. again and hopefully everybody's good. Yes. And hopefully you never have a safety break again in that game. So let me, just for those who might want to write this down on a post-it note, let me just quickly review the sure. steps. Sure, sure. Acknowledge, acknowledge the break. Mm -hmm. Stop playing. Mm -hmm. Put an exclamation point after the word stop playing. Stop uh -huh. playing immediately, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Stop playing. De-escalate slash open door. Mm -hmm. Provide support. Mm -hmm. Discuss what to do in the game adjust and recalibrate safety tools. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that is contingency. Have a contingency plan. If you were, if you were aware enough to put mitigation tools on the table, you should also put a contingency plan into place. And again, even if your contingency plan is literally stop playing and then we'll figure it out, that's still a pretty good contingency plan. Right. The rest of it you should also write down, but really stop playing. Yes. More like I can't stress it enough. It's really like mm, I just stop playing. I'll stop right there. No need to we go rewind we, like just, rewind 15 yeah. minutes and listen to me talk listen about it Phil again. Say not yeah. not to keep playing through, right? Stop playing. Exactly. Stop yeah. playing. Um, and even if yeah. you err on the side of caution, even if you look and you're like, hey, you look distressed and you stop the game and the person's like, oh, it's not the game or anything. I just like I got a text from work or like, oh, what, you know, those wings we ordered are getting to me. Then fine, you can resume the game. You could be like, oh, cool. All right. As long as you're OK, like emotionally and you're all right for us to continue the game. Cool. I'll, I'll pick up and start the game again. Like that's yeah. like that's OK. I have had that happen at my table more than once where I. I've looked at a player and been like, you look upset. Are you yeah. upset right now? And then being yeah. like, no, I, no, I don't good. feel well or no, like it's not the game. And being like, okay, cool. No problem. Let's everybody take a deep breath. Let's get back in. Yep. Yeah. And that's, I that counts. That, that pause counts as stopping yeah. the game. Right. But just yeah, it's worth absolutely. it. Just, just pause, just see, just check. It's a check-in. You can do it non-verbally. I don't care. Like have a sign, yeah. just like the okay check-in, whatever it is, just stop and make sure. Just yeah, stop. Like this has happened. Sure. Like this has happened at my table once or twice with Chris. And in fact, it actually just happened in our uh, children of the shroud game. It wasn't a safety problem. Chris was struggling to figure out a rule in the game and he was oh, getting okay. frustrated because he was trying to look up the rule and we were still playing and maybe we should have stopped or not. But at some point I was like, are you okay? And he was like, oh, I'm just frustrated over this rule thing. And then we had a quick talk about the rule and like kind of yeah. made a ruling about it. And we were like, okay, cool. And let's okay, go. Moving on with my the game. guess. Yeah. My guess is you won't hear it because it sound it it probably came off as the kind of thing that Chris will edit out of the out of the AP portion, but I'm sure. fairly sure we're going to actually talk about it in a show episode, like one of our you know post show episodes where we talk about something that happened in the game. We're actually going to talk about rules and rulings and um, fixing things on the fly, and that's one of those things that came up. But like I looked over at Chris and I'm like, he looks annoyed. 
Yeah. And we were just happening. Like we were in the middle of (laughs) like, we were in the middle of like kind of an exciting scene and like, he looks annoyed, but it literally was just because he was trying to figure out a a particular rule in the game. Easily fixed, not a safety break. No. But worth the check-in. Yeah. Worth the check-in. There are no bad, there are no bad check-ins. No. You can't check in. I mean, I guess you could check in every 30 seconds. That might be too much. But like, you know, um, (laughs) generally, like if you just feel a need or you're not sure, you're not sure what you're reading back from the table, it's just check in. It's fine. Um, And honestly, let's also talk about this part, which is it it wasn't a safety break. But if you had ignored it and Chris had sat there and just gotten more and more annoyed, it could have become one. Like it could have turned into a thing. Because then right. you start getting mad at the people at the at the table with you because they're not noticing and they're just keep playing and there's these mics in your face and you're trying to record a thing, but everybody's just like doing the thing and maybe doing it wrong and you just sit there and get madder. Like it all it also throws me off as a GM. If I'm reading the table and somebody looks visibly annoyed, yeah. Uh, I'm having <laughs> trouble focusing on what to do for the rest of the game. Like yeah. like for the like, like I need to stop and address this issue. Yeah. Why are they mad at me? <laughs> Why are they yeah. mad? Period. I try not to make it about me. That's fair. But this person That's clearly good. looks That's mad. A better way. That's a better way to approach yeah, this, it. This person clearly looks mad. I need to understand why. And if I am the cause of it, what can I do to fix it? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, that is our take on safety breaks. Once again, mitigation contingency. A lot of you are doing mitigation. I'm going to challenge a lot of you to start coming up with contingency. Mm-hmm. Like start putting contingency plans into your game groups, write it on a post-it note or God, I should do this on the back of my X card. I used oh, to, I man. currently on the, on, on the current, the current back yeah. of my X card has the verbiage for it. Yeah. Which is great. I really feel, I really feel this like my new better. one, like yeah. flip over in case of safety break, right? Like yeah, flip like, it over <laughs> and like there, like it's right there. Steps. Yep. I'm going to break out the laminator. Okay. <laughs> I can't do it. To, I can't do it for my Ooh, next game, but in the next couple of games, I'm building a new X card. Yeah. Hot. All right. L- lamination is hot when it melts. <laughs> it gets all melty and hot. We got to get out of here. We do. All right. <laughs> listen up, folks. Thank you very much. Jim, thank you for the excellent topic. Uh, I, I really enjoyed getting into that uh, and talking about it. It is a thing I'm actually pretty passionate about in gaming is good safety. So um, have good safety in your games as well. Senda, in order for us to get to the closing of the show, you got to tell us about another show on the network. Quick, hit me up with the Gnome cast. What do I need to know? Yeah, on the Gnomecast, several gnomes from Gnomes 2 get together and talk about gaming topics and themselves in an effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown in the stew. And I'm going to be on another one coming up uh, with Jared Rasher from FACO with Advantage. Um, And you know, those Gnomes 2 episodes always go completely off the rails because apparently in that situation, I'm really funny. I don't know. So you should probably listen to that one. We're going to talk about world building. Yeah. So well, stay tuned. I love world building. I know. It's great. Cool. Hey, Senda, tell me where else on the internet people can find us. Well, you can still find us on Twitter, question mark, at Pandas Talk Games. Um, you can find us on uh, Dice.Camp on Mastodon. It's I, at Idella Mithland and at DNA Phil. I guess we should set up an actual show account on mastodon maybe question mark i don't know social media is a wasteland what are we supposed to do with this these days anyway you can also find us on tiktok under those same usernames um 
You can find us in the forums, forums.misdirectedmark.com. And you can drop us an email if you prefer. And that's easier than trying to find the social media stuff anymore. Um, And our email address is panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Yeah, by all means, like Jim did, send us a topic, something you want to hear us talk about, a question, something that is giving you um, difficulties in your game or you just want to be better at it in your game. Uh, You just want to hear our take on it because you have your own take on it. You want to just see if we agree with you. Um, That's a perfectly legit reason to send us a topic. Whatever it is, we want to help you with your games. We want to help you run your games better again our motto here more better games because and i'm going to do this math really quick uh the more games you play the longer you're going to stay in this hobby the more fun you're going to have in this hobby it means people that you're going to get to play with and games you're going to get to play and all that stuff and i love it i've been in this hobby forever what is it four fifths of my life i've been in this hobby and yep. uh I'm here for it, 100% here early. for it. <laughs> Even when I stop eventually podcasting, writing games or whatever, I will still be running games. Like, yeah. that, like that will always be a thing. I will never stop running games. I love running games. I want you to love running games too. So we want to put our insight, our experience, and our knowledge to work for you to get you to do the same thing. Cool. If you like what we do here, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons, um, get, there's a bunch of levels. You gotta, I'm not, I can't read them all. Like, <laughs> I can't read them all. And it's fine. I'm it's not fine. gonna, and I'm not gonna remember them. But okay. they include things like access to our Slack room. That's very cool. It includes access to um, our Children of the Shroud, um, which is our MM plays um, kind of AP plus GMing advice. We play a bit of the game. Then we have GMing advice about the things that we just like happened in the game. So that if you like that kind of thing, you get a little bit of both. You get some AP plus some GMing advice, which to me is the chocolate and peanut butter. Oh man. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stuck, <laughs> you stuck your chocolate in my peanut butter. You got your anyway, peanut butter on my chocolate. Right there. That's it right there. AP plus GMing <laughs> advice right there. Chocolate and peanut butter. Anyway, um, at the high, I think at the $10 level, you get access to Chris's design notes for the lamplighter system. And eventually you'll get access to some of my design notes because I will also be doing some design work. I think this summer is what I'm looking at, um, at a new version of Hydro Hackers or the Ditch Lilies game or both, because I like both of those ideas and I kind of want to see both of them start up again. So, you know, I, uh, I think Chris is actually running a game for some of our $10 patrons right now. Oh, I think he's running public public access or Brindlewood public Bay. Access. Oh, public, public access. access yeah. He's running it. I'm 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 in a friends group of that, but he likes that yeah. game so much right now. He's actually running another game of it. Yeah. Um for patrons, which I think is pretty rad. Anyway, bottom line of it is there's some value for being a patron of Misdirected Mark. Um we hope that if uh, you have the um, resources to do so, we would love for you to be one of the patrons of the show and help us keep the lights on, the mics going, the website up, all of that stuff. That's what actually your money goes towards um, in keeping this network, a network, this show, a show, that kind of thing. So thank you very much. If you're already a patron of the show, thank you very much. If you are unable to patron 
um, the show, we understand there's a thing you can do with a little bit of your time. We know your time's precious, but we would appreciate it if you could just do this little thing somewhere where people will see it. Senda, what is that thing? Yeah, if you leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice, or just tell people on whatever social media you're still on um, that you like the show, if they're hunting for, you know, shows like ours, system agnostic game talky shows. I don't know. <laughs> just tell people. Um, when you spread the word, it really helps us no matter what that looks like. And we super duper appreciate it. And we super duper appreciate all of you for listening and patronizing the show if you patron the show. Um, patronizing is a different word, isn't it? But we tend to use it to mean patroning the show. But patronizing is very different. <laughs> yes. Anyway. It's a very nice show, Senda. It's very cute. <laughs> very cute, the show very you do. Cu very cute little show, yeah. Very um, cute little show you do. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, cool. So thank you so much to everybody who's already left a review or told a friend. And thank you to everybody who's going to. We appreciate you so much. Yeah. Thanks a bunch. Say, Senda, I don't even remotely have a joke that closes out this show. So Yeah, um, it's fine. Hey, what do you want to do, do in our next game uh, on Sunday? Uh, wow yeah we're gonna do we're gonna do mission prep i want the new mission we're gonna do the next thing this show is a joint production of she's a super geek and misdirected mark productions the media arm of encoded designs Show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey. Okay, I have waveforms. I have waveforms this time. Excellent. I'm going to move my fidget cube out of the way. Don't, yeah, no clicky clicky on the fidget cube. Got to use the squishy, the squishy fidgies. Yeah, I don't have one of those. You know Ryan's got to edit this, right? <laughs> okay, so anyway, moving right along. Bloop. Right I like along. to poke their tummies. <laughs> yes. We are on a schedule today, a tight schedule, actually. So let's move along. Hey, Ryan, okay. we're going to try to do this one in less than an hour, hopefully, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. just because we are, uh, we are hustling today. Mm -hmm. So let's begin with our count-in. Are you ready? Yes. Bloop. It's just funny that my head turns into a metronome whenever we leave that gap of silence. Because I'm I mean, not willing to count on my fingers anymore. Because <laughs> I'm watching you? You should just I'm keep them below you. the camera. I, they're in my lap. <laughs> okay. Bloop. Bloop. Show me what you got. 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 Show me what you got.